On the field, inside the clubhouse, and everything in between. This is Brewers Weekly, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City. Here's Matt Pauley. Your Milwaukee Brewers are on a roll right now. They win earlier today to sweep the really bad Cincinnati Reds. They win today by a 10-5 score. And with that, they are now 10 games above 500, sitting with a record of 18-8. They have won eight of their last nine ball games, and uh, the offense is really starting to come around as well. We've got a lot to get to, taking you until 9 o'clock tonight, talking all things Brewers baseball, all things Major League Baseball. If you want to get in on the conversation, feel free to call or text the AccuNet Mortgage Talk at text line 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620, or you can just tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Brewers get the win today. Again, they hit more home runs. Luis Urias hit his first of the year. Christian Yelich hit one. Willie Adamas hits two of them. Tyron Taylor got a home run today. They hit 20 home runs during the course of the six-game homestand. 20 home runs over the six games at home. That is the most home runs in a six-game span for the Brewers in club history. They have, they have been setting records here recently. The Rowdy Telez 8-RBI game. First time in franchise history that the Brewers ever had a player have 8 RBIs in a single game. Interesting note on that, by the way. The Florida Marlins, or the Miami Marlins as they're now known, are now the only franchise in Major League Baseball that has never had a player have 8 RBIs in a game. So there's your little nugget from uh, from that. But it's just, it is good to see the team uh, really coming together from an offensive standpoint. Now, what, we're going to get into this in a few minutes. What do we take away from what they're doing right now? I'm a big believer in the old adage of, hey, you can only play the teams that are on your schedule. But if we are looking at who they've been playing, and it helps being in the NL Central, it helps a lot being in the NL Central. There's two good teams in the Brewers and Cardinals. And then the other three teams fall somewhere between below average and trying to set a work record as being one of the worst teams in baseball. But the, the Cubs are not good. The Pirates are not good. The Reds are not good. I actually think of that bunch, the Pirates might be the best of the bunch. Before the season got started, I would have said the Cubs were the third best team in the division. I, I'm I'm leaning towards saying the Pirates, but I'm not sure. <laughs> but they're, they're very close to each other. And then you have the Grand Canyon, and then you get to the Reds, who are just as bad of a team as you can be. So it's helpful. It's helpful uh, that you are playing some bad teams to get going. Those games between the Brewers and Cardinals are probably going to be the games that really determine who's going to win the division right now. I would say the Brewers look to be the better team than the Cardinals. Uh, the Cardinals, you thought, had a little bit of a better offense, and the Brewers had much better pitching, as the Brewers have done what they've done here recently from a hitting standpoint. Maybe we can come back around on that just a little bit. Uh, but we'll, we'll see what this. We'll see what happens as they do start to play some better teams. The schedule is going to get 
a little bit tougher here moving forward for this team. Starts with a series against the Atlanta Braves. The Braves have had a little bit of a slow start to the season, but they're still a good team. And then after they get done with another series against Cincinnati, they're going to play a Miami team that's playing a little bit better than anybody expected. They've got Atlanta again as we look through the rest of uh, the month of May. They'll have a series against Washington. Not not a great team. And then they'll have San Diego and St. Louis to uh, essentially close out the month. So things are going to get a little bit tougher. They're about to go on an extended road trip. They're going to play nine straight games. They don't have another home game until uh, Monday, May 16th. May 16th is the next time the Brewers are going to be playing a game at American Family Field. All right, so we're going to get into some of the offensive numbers and specifically some individual numbers. I want to go through uh, what Willie Adamas, Rowdy Telez, and Christian Yelich have been doing recently because those are your middle-of-the-order hitters. The guys I just mentioned, Yelich, Adamas, Telez, those are your two, three, four hitters today. And the one of the big reasons that the Brewers have won as many games as they've won recently and put up as many runs as they've put up recently is because of the production of those three. So we're going to get into those three's uh, numbers and also just some overall numbers here recently for the team and try to figure out if it actually means anything. If you heard my conversation with Scott Warris before we uh, wrapped up uh, his show, I would be of the belief that we, we don't really know much about this team still from an offensive standpoint. It's nice to see what they're doing and these, these things that have never been done before, 20 home runs in six games, eight RBIs in a single game. Those are all reasons to be optimistic about the kind of offensive club this team is going to be, but it, it doesn't really mean anything quite yet. And we're still probably at least a month out from really starting to get a sense of what kind of offensive club this is going to be. Again, if you want to join us, 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk text line. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. More Brewers Weekly continues in a moment here on WTMJ. Back with more Brewers Weekly after this. Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly does continue. Matt Pauley with you. If you want to join us, 855-616-1620, the Yankee Net Mortgage Talk and Text Line, or tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. Mention some of the things that the Brewers have been doing that they have not done either ever or in quite some time, obviously. The um, the 20 home runs in six games, the Rowdy Telez 8-RBI game. How about Luis Urias and Christian Yelich today uh, leading off the game with back-to-back home runs? It's the sixth time in Brewers history that two players have led off with back-to-back home runs, but the first time it has ever happened in American Family Field slash Miller Park, and the first time that's ever happened uh, when trailing. The only other time it's happened at home was at County Stadium in 1996 when Jeff Cirillo and Pat Listash did it. Uh, Some other players did it on the road. Uh, Ricky Weeks and Corey Hart did it. Ricky Weeks and Carlos Gomez did it. Ricky Weeks and J.J. Hardy did it. And uh, Don Money and Daryl Porter did it all the way back in uh, 1975. Also, for the Brewers today, first time in franchise history hitting five home runs in the first three innings of a game. They've never, they have never did that. The last time they even hit four home runs in the first three innings of a game was uh, about a decade ago, all the way back in September of 2012. They did, they did that against the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates. And you look at this Cincinnati Reds team. 
fewest wins in the team's first 25 decisions. They are now uh, tied for second all-time. The 1988 Orioles had just two wins in their first 25 games. The Reds have now joined the 2003 Tigers, the 1894 Senators, and the 1882 Orioles. As the So we're talking historically bad right now for the Cincinnati Reds. Historically bad. The fact that only one other team in the history of baseball had less decisions in their first 25 games, and we're talking about them tying teams from 1882 and 1894. It is remarkable um, how bad, how bad they are. Got a text message from Doug. Says, the Willie and Rowdy show. These guys' numbers are better than any shortstop and first baseman. They are really getting impressive. Even Telez's average is getting up there. All right, so let's dive into the numbers a little bit. I always like doing that because I'm a, I'm a big believer that when, when long-term trends happen in a season, more often than not, there's, there's a turning point somewhere. And I can't tell you, I'm a baseball dork. I can't tell you how often I'll be spending time looking at a player's game-by-game, day-by-day log and trying to figure out where things switched. Or even looking at it from a team perspective, you know, looking at the, the day-by-day schedule and seeing where a trend started moving in the other direction. And I've done that. And we'll see if it holds up. Again, I'm not, I'm not trying to go back on what I said earlier. I realize it is May 5th. It is May 5th. Nothing that has happened yet it means that this team is going to be a really, really good offensive club. But you can't deny that as this team has picked it up offensively, the guys who have been right there in the middle of it are Willie Adamas, Rowdy Telez, and Christian Yelich. So let's look at their numbers recently, and I'll give you where I kind of found that turning point for them. For Willie Adamas, I go back to April 25th. That was a game against San Francisco. He had a hit. Uh, it was a home run. Uh, and at the time, he, uh, after that game, he was hitting 194. Including that game, in the game since, he has hit three home runs, or excuse me, he's hit 300 with seven home runs, 17 RBIs. And we talk a lot about OPS. OPS is the number that you can really look at to determine how well a player is doing. There's, there, I know people still complain about it sometimes, but there's a reason that when you're at the ballpark and you're looking up at the scoreboard, OPS is listed next to, uh, next to a player's name. That's how they're being evaluated. For Willie Adamas during this period, he has a 1,300 OPS. That is really good. That is a very, very good OPS. So you look at what he's done, and during that period, he has uh, jumped his average from 194 to uh, 235. So he's raised his average about 40 points over the course of 10 games. Still early on in the season, small sample size. You can raise your average a bunch in a small amount of time. All right, for Rowdy Telez, I go back to April 26th. So this is his last nine games. In Telez's last nine games, he is hitting 375 with four home runs, 14 RBIs, and an OPS better than 1,300. But again, a very, very good OPS. So Telez in his last nine games really uh, putting together solid offensive numbers. And then let's go to Christian Yelich. Because for Yelich, in many ways, there's been a start and stop nature 
to um, to what he has been doing this season. And it at times it doesn't completely feel like he's gotten it turned on or he has a game or two where he does well and then all of a sudden he has an 0 for 4 game, something like that. Well, when you look at Yelich's numbers recently, and I'll go back to April 27th on him as well. I think that's the same date. Uh, no, that is the uh, that was that, no, it's not the same date. It was one day later than uh, the date that I had for uh, for Rowdy Telez for Christian Yelich since April 27th. So it's eight games again. I realize small sample size. You, you don't have to yell it at your radio. I realize it, but there's still some trending in this. In in his last eight games, Christian Yelich is hitting 393. Three home runs, eight RBIs, and he has an OPS of close to 1,300. So those three guys, uh, some between their last eight and ten games, all have OPSs around 1,300 or so. If you want to find a reason that the team is scoring a lot of runs and having a success here recently, that's it. Uh, we don't have to dig much deeper than what I told you. That is it. Uh, Vinny Rotino, who is part of uh, Bally Sports Wisconsin, of course does uh, Brewers extra ends with me a lot, tweeted this out uh, earlier today. He said, Rowdy Telez is 12th in Major League Baseball with a 966 OPS. Vlad Guerrero Jr., who is blocking him from getting every day at bats with the Blue Jays, is 20th in the league with an 877 OPS, and the Brewers got him for a couple of middle relievers. Vinny's always been a big Rowdy Telez guy, and, and this goes back to his time working as a professional scout and him spending some time scouting Telez. I, I can tell you just from my conversations with Vinny, he's always been all in on Rowdy Telez. And Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is a great player who's going to put up really, really good numbers. So the point is not that Rowdy Telez is a better player than Vladimir Guerrero Jr., but the point is... There was a really special player in Toronto that was stopping Telez from getting an everyday opportunity. And the Brewers, using scouting of a player, said, we can take this guy and, and, and have something there. And they've gone all in on it, and he's essentially turned into the everyday first baseman. And now he is putting up better numbers than the guy who was in front of him in Toronto. I don't know if he's going to keep those kind of numbers up throughout the course of the season. Uh, as he gets more and more at-bats, there's... There's going to become that much more of a book on him. But, you know, Craig Council talked about it after the game last night. He has really good – his. he's not just this swing-and-miss power hitter. He's got the ability to make contact. He's he is, he is a hitter. He's not just a power hitter. He is a true hitter. And I, I don't know if a book getting out on him is going to change things at all. It's not like there's not already a book out on him. I mean, he's, he's played 300 major league games. That's a that's a that's a sizable amount of games, and uh, you you go back. He had a season in 2019 where he appeared in 111 games with Toronto. So it's not like this is a guy who's coming in, uh, having played just those um, just those 60 or so games that he had with the Brewers last year. Uh, it's hard to predict if he's going to continue to do what he's doing right now. But obviously, what he's doing is a big reason that the offense has been able to uh, continue to come around. Also, it's been a good sign on what we've seen with uh, Luis Urias here uh, in his return to the team. I've talked a lot about track record and what to expect from him. So far, so good. We'll discuss that coming up in just a moment. This is Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. More Brewers Weekly coming up on WTMJ. It's Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Continuing on here on a Thursday night. Matt Pauley hanging out with you. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting 
the AccuNet Mortgage Talk at text line 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620 or tweet at me at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. So far so good for Luis Urias, only three games, but in his uh, three games back with the club, He's hitting 444, 4 for 9, hit his first home run of the season earlier today, has driven in a couple runs, has an OPS close to uh, 1,400. He's a really big part of what this team wants to do from an offensive standpoint. And in many ways, they're gambling on him. I, I don't mean to be a broken record on this because I say it over and over and over, but it's something I really believe. I I personally, if I was a if I was a general manager or a president of baseball operations, one of the things that I would struggle with the most in my position would be taking guys who had breakout seasons and going into the next season trying to decide how much I was just going to rely on them to repeat at least some percentage, some some legitimate percentage of that uh, production versus trying to kind of hedge my bets and have something else in place in case it did not go the way you want it to go. And with all due respect to a to a Jace Peterson, to a Mike Brasso, like those those aren't everyday third basemen for the Brewers if the Brewers want to be the club that they would like to be this season. So Urias last year has the breakout season. Without a doubt, it, it's the it's the best season of his career, especially from a from a power standpoint. He has 23 home runs last year in 150 games. He had played about that many games in his major league career before last season, just a little bit less than that, and he had six total home runs. So his home run numbers just absolutely explode last year, and. Uh, He was one of the most consistent and one of the most impactful offensive players for the Brewers. And when we break that down a little bit more, if we get rid of the time early on in the season when he was asked to be played a lot of shortstop and then just go just go track his numbers as a third baseman. The numbers are are that much more impactful. And I absolutely believe, I 100% believe that for whatever reason, and he's going to get some time at shortstop this year, and that's fine. I mean, he can can play a game here, a game there. You're going to have to give Willie Adamas some time off, and you can move Luis Urias over to to shortstop for, for a couple games here and there. But in terms of him being, getting regular playing time there, being an everyday type guy, and that's, we're not trying to kind of relitigate things here, but that was the opportunity that he was given last year. When you think about the team moving on from Orlando Arcia, when they did that, they were handing the shortstop job to Luis Urias. And from a defensive standpoint, he didn't handle it well. And even from an offensive standpoint, it wasn't anything to write home about. And then they went and got Willie Adamas. At that point, they're able to uh, spend some more time with Urias over at third base. And that's when things took off. And then that allowed them to make the decision to say, okay, we're going to count on Urias to be the guy this season at third base. And that's where I come back to my track record thing. Because it always startles me. It always worries me. Not that somebody's going to be a a one-year wonder, one-hit wonder, whatever you want to call them. But it, it does concern me because ba- baseball is the sport where we see it all the time. We see it all the time. 
guys have these breakout years, and then you never you never see it from them again. Go look at AAA rosters. Go look in the Atlantic League. You're going to see a bunch of names. You're going to go, I remember that guy. Yeah, he had that one year where he was really good, and it just never repeated itself. So the Brewers are all in on Luis Urias, and it's only three games through three games. He's hit a home run. He's been driving in runs. He's been hitting all over the place. You know, Doug texted the other day. Doug, who we read one of his texts earlier, he was frustrated that Urias was batting in the nine spot in his first game. And my point at that night was to kind of, hey, let's pump the brakes on complaining about where this guy's hitting. It's his first game back. But he was hitting the leadoff spot. He, he hit in the seventh spot. So he's going to be an RBI guy. We spent so much time in our last segment talking about Rowdy Telez, Willie Adamas, and Christian Yelich, maybe that next guy that we talk about from a run-scoring standpoint is Luis Urias to be in that group if this team is going to continue to score runs at the, uh, maybe not at the pace they've been scoring at, at lately because that pace, you can't sustain that. But if they want to continue to be one of the better offensive clubs in baseball as they have been uh, here recently, uh, that's that's a big part of it. I said this uh, towards the end of my conversation with Scott Warris. From a team standpoint, the Brewers over the last couple weeks or so are number two in hitting from a batting average standpoint. So not only are they hitting for power, where their, their home run numbers are right there at the top of Major League Baseball, their, their batting average numbers here over the last couple weeks are, are right there as well. So they, they are doing good things. Kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier. What's going to happen when they start playing better teams? We'll learn this weekend against Atlanta. We'll see them play uh, San Diego coming up later on this month. They've got a series against St. Louis later on this month as well. Uh, so there are definitely going to be some opportunities for them to play better teams, and then we're going to start learning uh, a little bit more about this club moving forward. 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. That is the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and text line, or tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. There's been a lot of controversy about the, the actual baseball, the physical actual baseball that's being used. And this controversy goes back a number of years. And it's kind of funny talking about it today. Maybe I could have picked a better Thursday to talk about it because the Brewers are coming off the six-day stretch where they hit 20 home runs. But that being said, still from a Major League Baseball standpoint, home runs are way, way down. Is something going to change? How have we got into this point? What is Major League Baseball trying to accomplish in what they may be or may not be doing to the baseball? We'll get into all that coming up in just a moment. This is Brewers Weekly. Back with more Brewers Weekly after this. Brewers Weekly with Matt Foley on WTMJ. So the actual baseball that's used in Major League Baseball games has has changed and is continuing to change on a year-by-year basis for different reasons. And we can kind of get into the weeds when we're getting in this conversation because the recent history of what has happened to the baseball has been kind of interesting. Uh, the, the, actual, the actual company that makes the baseballs was acquired by Major League Baseball, so they, they essentially took production of the baseball in-house. And since that has happened, we have seen things change. And I do think this is a big deal. Like, There's probably going to be a lot of people that hear me talking about this and go, 
Who cares? Okay, so the baseball is reacting a little bit differently this year. Still, everybody's playing with the same baseball, so the teams that hit better are still going to have more hits than teams that don't hit, that aren't good-hitting teams. So why does it really matter? The the kind of easy answer to that is, well, some teams are built to hit home runs, and if you can't hit as home runs as easily, then that's going to uh, limit your ability to do what you do best. I wouldn't even go that far, though. Like, to me, baseball is the sport more than any other sport where the numbers and the history really matter. Like this stuff that we've been talking about with the Brewers, the Rowdy Telez eight RBI game, the 20 home runs in six days. With all due respects to to other sports, I, I, I if if the Milwaukee Bucks knock down more three pointers in a six game stretch. Um, than they ever have in club history, it's getting mentioned. But I, it's, it's, not this, it's not this thing that we're spending a lot of time talking about. Just the numbers and the historical record in baseball means so much more than it means in other sports. So when the, when the actual baseball is kind of being futzed with where – it's changing scores of games and it's changing production. To me, that matters. Uh, in 2014, Major League Baseball teams were averaging .86 home runs per game. In 2015, that number jumped to just over one per team game. And then it continued to move up and up and up in 2016, 2017, and 2018. In 2018, it eventually got to 1.15 home runs per game. In 2019, it had a huge leap. It went to 1.39 home runs per game, and 6,776 home runs were hit in 2019. It became circus-like, the number of home runs that were being hit. And that really started where we are at right now. There were multiple studies that were done looking at the baseball. Major League Baseball, they, they commissioned a study. And the study that Major League Baseball commissioned said the reason for the increase in home runs was because of approach at the plate. Basically, hitters were using launch angle and trying to hit at a certain launch angle, and that that change in hitting philosophy across Major League Baseball is what resulted in the increase of home runs. But an astrophysicist, yeah, we're talking about an astrophysicist here on Brewers Weekly, an astrophysicist by the name of Dr. Meredith Wills, who has become the uh, leading independent authority on the state of the baseball. Wouldn't that be, I'm going to become an astrophysicist, oh yeah, and at the same time I'm going to become the foremost expert on the physical structure of baseballs. That's how I'm going to use my astrophysics degree. I'm going to study baseballs. I'm sure Dr. Wills does many more important things than that, but uh, she has become the, the foremost leader in investigating baseballs. And in 2019, um, she did a research study, and she found something that was different than what Major League Baseball had reported. In 2019, she said 
that Major League Baseball was using drying machines when the baseballs got done being manufactured. They did that to push the number of baseballs that could be produced, and they had previously been air-dried before Major League Baseball took over Rawlings, and the actual uh, the actual using drying machines changed the structure of the baseball, and that's why the numbers went wild. So then you got to the 2019 postseason, and the 2019 postseason, the ball stopped carrying, and everybody thought that it was probably because they ran out of baseballs, and that was the case. So they ran it because so many home runs had been hit and so many more baseballs were needed during the 2019 season. They ran out of those baseballs, and they started putting some of the old baseballs back into circulation in the 2019 postseason, and home runs went down uh, a lot. So that takes us to 2020 and 2021. Uh, in 2020... Major League Baseball uh, had the shortened season, but home runs did go down. But we can't really learn anything from a 60-game season. And then you got to 2021, where sometimes the baseball was flying and sometimes it wasn't. And we have since learned that Major League Baseball didn't have enough of the new baseballs that they were trying to use that had less carry and they instead were mixing the baseballs. So one day you were going to play a game with a baseball that would fly out of the yard, and the next day you were going to play with a baseball that just did not fly whatsoever, which is wild, which is absolutely wild that on any given day you could be using a different baseball. So that takes us to now, 2022. Pitchers will tell you, pitchers across Major League Baseball will absolutely tell you that not just from game to game, But from inning to inning, the baseballs feel different. And pitchers will tell you they're having a hard time gripping them at times, that some of these baseballs, they're just very slick. Uh, The laces are not hard, are not easy to to be able to control. Uh, There's statistically, there's not uh, an uptick in hit by pitches this year. But there are for some teams, and some pitchers are telling you that they just don't have control of the baseball because of these different baseballs being used. Major League Baseball is saying it's the same baseball. Same baseball being used across all of Major League Baseball in every game from inning to inning. The bottom line here is the ball is not flying as much, even with the Brewers hitting 20 home runs in the last six games. The ball is not flying as much. There is one for sure reason why it's not. There's a reason they didn't want the ball to fly as much. They were looking for a certain result, but they're not getting the result that they wanted. I'll explain that coming up in just a moment. This is Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly with Matt Foley on WTMJ. So we're digging in a little bit on the impact uh, that the actual physical baseball that is used is having this season. Because we have seen, we see it time and time again. Balls come off the bat really good. Exit velocity, 106, 110 miles per hour. Good launch angle. And then all of a sudden some outfielder just short of the track is making the catch. And you're going, what? That was a home run off the bat. What happened in the air? That it went from being a home run off the bat to it not um, not being a home run that gets out of there. So 
Um, the one of the things that has changed this year in Major League Baseball is every Major League park has a humidor. For a while, it started with just a humidor in Colorado. That was the first humidor, and then a few years after that, the Diamondbacks added a humidor. And last year, there were ten ballparks in Major League Baseball that had a humidor, and this year, every single ballpark in Major League Baseball is storing the baseballs in a humidor. And when you look at the numbers on home runs, you can tell that the humidor is having a a pretty large impact on what's going on. Because last year in the ballparks that did not have a humidor, there was a home run hit uh, on 5%, 5.1% of all balls that were put in play. This year, that number is down to 3.5%. That's a pretty major reduction in, uh, in, in home runs hit on percentage of balls in play. When you compare the numbers at the ballparks that did have humidors last year, Last year was at 4.5%. This year it's at 3.8%. So the number is still down, even in the ballparks that have the humidors last year and this year, but it is not down anywhere near as dramatically as it is with the, with the ballparks that have added humidors. And Milwaukee did not have a humidor last year. Milwaukee is one of the places that added the humidor this season. So that's part of it, but it's not, it's not the total answer. It's not the end answer. The, it's still, the, the ball is still doing weird things this year and not flying the way uh, it did previously. Major League Baseball has a problem with the idea that so much offense is created via the home run. In a perfect world, Major League Baseball wants to see teams stringing hits together, pr- you know, producing runs, ki- kind of going back to more old-school type baseball. So the idea was when they deadened the baseball that they would encourage teams to not be as reliant on the home run. Here's the problem with that. Pitching is so good. It is so good. So you got rid of the uh, you lessened the ease to hit home runs, but you did not change the ability to have success against the pitcher other than your attempt to uh, crack down on sticky substances, which I don't think has had that big of an impact uh, on baseball. And I I still think pitchers are finding ways to use stuff, if I'm being perfectly honest with you. Uh, They're they're just doing it in a way that they're not going to be detected. So baseball's got to figure it out. They've got to figure out how to uh, get more action into the game. And it, it was not a smart decision to deaden the baseball, but then not follow that up with other things that you could do to produce more action. All right, one more break. We'll come back. We'll preview the Atlanta series, which is set to begin coming up uh, tomorrow as the Brewers will begin a series against the Braves on the road, facing off against the team that knocked them out of the postseason last year. We'll be back in just a moment. This is Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Catch more Brewers Weekly coming up on WTMJ. This is Brewers Weekly with Matt Foley on WTMJ. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. 
Just a couple minutes left in the program. Brewers off tonight after playing earlier today. I guess they're not really off tonight. They just played earlier today, the 10-5 win against the Cincinnati Reds. If you're just joining us again, kind of the big narrative coming out of what the Brewers are doing right now. They're scoring a lot of runs, and they're hitting a lot of home runs, 20 home runs in their last six games. That sets a uh, that's fr- sets franchise record that never happened in a six-game period for the Brewers, and we'll see if they are going to be able to uh, continue that coming up over the next few days as they're going to open up a series against the Braves. First time they'll match up against the Braves since being defeated by them in the postseason last year before the Braves would continue their run to uh, the World Series championship. You look at the division standings right now, uh, the Brewers have extended their lead out over the Cardinals to three games. The Brewers are 18 and eight. The Cardinals are 14 and 10. Also, it wasn't that long ago. Even when the Brewers had a good record, their run differential was was not good, and they had a at one point I believe they had a negative run differential, even sitting as a first place team in the division. Well, that is completely turned over on itself. They now have a run differential of plus 41. Uh, that is best in the division, and it is second in the National League. Only the Los Angeles Dodgers have a better run differential at this point uh, than the Brewers. So it's been a rather a, a rather stunning turnaround here over the last couple of weeks on what they've been able to do from an offensive standpoint. Brewers will have Eric Lauer on the mound coming up tomorrow night as they open up that series in Atlanta. That's going to be a 6-21 pitch uh, as Eric Lauer is set to uh, make the start for the Brewers. The uh, pitchers for the weekend, Eric Lauer tomorrow, and then Corbin Burns on Saturday, and Aaron Ashby is being reinserted into the rotation, and he's going to get the start coming up on Sunday. That is it for this edition of Brewers Weekly. We'll talk to you after the game for Brewers Extra Innings tomorrow night here on WTMJ.